Hello and welcome to the first Elam Next Gen podcast. I am your host, Kevin Neville. I am the Next Gen Director at Elam Fellowship. I've been doing it for about four months at the time of this recording, so I'm pretty new, um, but having a great time. One thing we wanted to do is start this podcast um, that would be bringing some interviews uh, of people across Elam, friends of Elam, leaders of Elam, to be able to have the conversation about why the next-gen ministry is important in the church and how do we do it effectively and um, working towards the revival we know that God is bringing through the church and to the church. Um, So what I wanted to do this first episode is we had a meetup with some leaders, youth leaders, uh, senior leaders a few weeks ago. And... um, We had some times of interview, but I also had some times of sharing who I was and what the ministry that we're beginning here is, because this is something new. We've had many years, um, Mark School Zone really led the youth ministry out of Elam Fellowship in in a mighty and powerful way. But coming on to this next season, we wanted to expand that, and, and we still wanted to continue to reach the youth leaders to encourage, to uh, equip and to empower, but then we wanted to spread that even further. We wanted to see the kids' leaders have this community too, the family pastors, family leaders, and also some new people to the church, new um, men and women of God that are called to the ministry to have a connection point uh, with Elam Fellowship. And so the next-gen position, director's position, was created. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that, who that, who that is that's directing it, which is me, and um, where we're going to go for that. And so it's kind of a launching point and a starting point. So this is sort of a part one, and the next episodes will go into part two and then three as we talk with President Chris Ball and we talk to Joe Jensen, the director of the United States Ministry, in the next few episodes. So without further ado, we're going to go right into that meetup where I'm talking a little bit about what this mission is and who I am. So enjoy. All right. So let me go into a little bit about who I am. Um, it is a pleasure meeting you guys. Because uh, I'm sort of the Elam guy that you've never heard of. And you're like, yeah, because I, I, I'm Elam from, from the core. I grew up, I grew up in Canada, um, just outside of Hamilton, Ontario. And when I was young... You know, my mother, we grew up Catholic, but my mother and I were taking a walk on the street, and this lady just witnessed to us, and we got saved right there on the street. And so um, I was about three years old. My mother and I, we accepted Jesus, and we began looking for a church. We went to a few churches, but we found a little church in the middle of Flamborough, Ontario, pastor, a guy named Auchin, and it was an Elam church. It was just a few dozen people, and that was my first introduction to all things Elam. And I didn't realize what was happening, going to happen in my life, because I grew up in the church. We found out. We started to go to camp meeting. So has anybody been to camp meeting, like, way back in the 70s and 80s? Anybody tented it? Did you tent it in the field? I was miserable. I hated Elam then. It was, it was, you guys know that field. It would rain. It would get soggy, the big soccer field, and yeah, I would like spend weeks there, and I was like, I remember one time I was sitting on the front porch. I have a vivid memory of this. I might have been seven or eight years old, 
I said, I am never going to Elam. <laughs> so a few years later, I went to Elam. And uh, yeah, um, I graduated and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I want to go to the mission field. I had a plan. Have you guys ever done that? You, just, you, you, just got, you say, Lord, I got it all worked out. Yeah. You can take the weekend off. I, got it. I was going to go to Elam. Okay. Then I was going to go, maybe I'll get my master's degree afterwards. And I was going to get it in education. Not that I would ever want to be a teacher, because that, my mother was a teacher, special ed teacher, a lot of people in my family, and I go, that stinks. That's a bad job. I would never want to do that. But I wanted to be a missionary. And so, what if I want to go to China? You know, if I get my teaching degree, they'll pay for me to go to China. So that's smart, right? So I'm going to go, I'll get my degree in education, not to teach, just so I can sneak into countries. And it would be great. And then maybe I'll get married along the way because, you know, that would be awesome. I would do youth ministry for a few years, build up a base, get my money. People would throw money at me six months, maybe eight months. I'll have all the money I need. Off to the mission field. It would be awesome. Spend the rest of my life doing that. So, so the plan was going great. I, well, first of all, I went home to Canada, to my church in Canada, and I said, I just finished Bible college, ready to be put on the preaching rotation. This will be great. Maybe I'll preach maybe every second week. Don't put me on every week. That would be too much. And my, my lead pastor looked at me and said, I think I'm going to put you in the middle school. <laughs> and they locked the door. And I sat there. I remember the day. It's a vivid memory. I, met, I was sitting with the middle school saying, these kids are insane. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go get my master's degree because it's much easier than middle school kids, and I'm never coming back to middle school. So I went to Virginia, went to get my uh, master's in education again to get into the countries. That was very good. I, I met Christy, my wife over there. She was from Louisiana. See, I thought I was going to the hot south. She thought she was going to the frigid north, but it was really just Virginia. So it was halfway. And, and so I said, you know, I, I would like to marry you, but I'm going on the mission field. Will you come to the mission field with me? And she said, yes. And then, but I was being hired for a Christian dance production. We were going on tour, and I was like, I don't want a long-distance relationship. Hey, do you want to marry me and go? And she said, yes. And so I think we met in January. We got married in July, and then we went on tour for a year. And that was 26 years ago. So, yeah. It was 21 of the best years of my life. So, um, yeah, and then, but then we, we came back to Regent. I was, people are doing the math and going, wait a minute. <laughs> we came back to, to Regent, finished, I was finishing my degree. Christy, she started in theater and then switched to theology, as one does. So, and um, I was finishing up, and then my friends, the Veenstras, some of you might know Doug and Julia Veenstra, they were helping to start a church, uh, a plant of the Rock Church, and they said, okay, Kevin, we want you as the youth pastor for this church. So I said, this is perfectly in my plan. I've got my degrees. I'm going to do the youth for a few years. I was on youth force at Elam. You know, it will be easy. I will, I will go to the mission field and everything's set up. So six months, we started to get ready for this church. 
Six months, we prayed through it, we planned on it. And then finally, after six months, we opened the door. I was already with my sermon for the youth group. We had zero teenagers, 40 kids. And so what did my lead pastor ask me? Come on, you kids leaders know. Do you guys mind helping out in the kids for a few weeks? 25 years ago. So, no, and, and, and that's when things really started to change. You know, once we started, it captured my heart. Now, I, I continued to do youth because I loved them, but I also wanted to do kids ministry because I knew once I got, once you see it, and you kids leaders know, you youth leaders know, once you see it, it can never be unseen, right? You can never understand anything different once you've seen it. And I love uh, Pastor Greg, even, you know, I know you've come up through that and, and, and family ministry and everything. And even when God calls you to something different, once you've seen it, even when God calls you to something more, you'll never forget it. It will be part of who you are. And so, you know, even you guys that, that are now as lead pastors, you know that when, when you're talking about youth, you're talking about it from a different energy. Because you know that these kids are growing up to be, they're not your church next year or five years from now. This is the year, age you start investing in them. And when they come into the nursery, you say, we're already late. We want them to have the relationship with Jesus from here. And so things really started to change when I saw that. You know, and by the way, we tried to go to the mission field, and God said no. I'm literally the only guy at Elam. You know all those guys that say, Lord, I'll go anywhere, don't send me to Africa? I'm the only guy that said, send me to Africa, and God said, no, you stay here. I'll send that guy over there. He doesn't want to go. So, but, but God did do something. You know, he had to do something where he said, well, not only are we going to change your heart, that you're going to send others, you're going to send and lead others, but you're going to be here making sure that they are going. And, and so that really started to change everything. So fast forward, um, Christy and I, we, we saw that a ministry began to come into churches, churches that wouldn't, can't really afford, don't really know how to start a youth and kids ministry. We would come in for a few years, we would build up that ministry, we would train the people, we would get somebody that was good, we would put them in charge, you know, and once they're going, we would go on to the next church. So we, we went up to Toronto and uh, Louisiana, we were in Virginia twice, we went to Florida twice. So really, we were going a lot of places. God bless my kids, they're like military kids. We were talking about that last night at our table. Um, because it was just every few years, we're in a different place. And then finally, we got to the place where we said, we're tired, Lord, we want to settle down. I want to work in this church forever. It was in Florida, so it was great. My wife loved it. We were settled down. Finally, Lord, we're here forever. And then I got fired. <laughs> COVID, you know. So, you know, we were just praying. We're saying, Lord, where, where are we going to go next? We want to go to a place that we could put down roots. And I got a hold of Jesse. And Jesse, you know, I didn't know Jesse, but we knew the same people. He was an Elam guy. He was working at Bethel. And he was saying, I got a part-time job. And I said, I can't move across the country for a part-time job. But what else do I have to do? So I just went through the process. And you know what? As we began talking, God just started opening the doors. And finally, you know that verse that says, God gives you the desire of your heart, right? 
What it doesn't tell you is that it's kind of a little bit of a, of a, of a trick. You see, what God does is he puts his desire into your heart. And as he's changing your heart, as you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, as you're having Jesus' heart, then when you are chomping at the bit to do God's will, he says, fine, I'll give you the desire of your heart. Have you guys experienced that in ministry? So that's what we did. You know, God opened the doors. We connected with Jesse, and we were there. You know, it was what? How long was I there? We were doing part-time. We were loving it. We were finding, and then Jesse came and said, you know, now we want you full-time. You know, and um, so I was family pastor there. Jesse was moving to FCA. Um, how's the ministry going so far? Awesome. So you guys, if you don't know Jesse, you got to get to know him. He's an amazing guy. And finally, you know, we, were, we said, Lord, we're doing what you want. That's great. And then I came across an advertisement from Elam Fellowship. 20 years ago, when I started ministry, kids' ministry, some of you guys know I was in the basement. My lead pastor was amazing. He supported me. He brought me on. He blessed me. But other than him... I was alone in the basement with a bunch of kids, barely got getting into church, and I felt alone. And I didn't feel like anybody supported me. They, they had something for the youth guys, but nothing for the kids' pastors in the basement. And I just remember thinking, if only I had a community to be part of. And I remember looking at Eden Fellowship thinking, they, they were starting the youth program, but they said, they need something for the kids, too, and for the middle school pastors, because I was alone. 20, 25 years later, I looked online and they were doing that. It was the next-gen director. And I said, I want to do that. But I've got a great job. i got a great ministry. I'm settled down. I'll give it a shot. So we began the conversation. And it was everything that God had put in my heart over the years to say, not only do we want to find a way to support the youth leaders, we want to find a way to support the youth pastors, the youth workers, the volunteers. And something different, I sat down with Chris and I said, well, why did you call it Next Gen? You know, is it because we're doing the next, and he goes, it's, it's more than just talking about the leaders of kids ministry and youth. It's also talking about this new generation of young men and women that are coming into the ministry we want to be able to find a way for them to come in. We have a table, and they need a seat at the table. Not only do they need a seat at the table, they need a voice at the table. And sometimes it's hard talking with generations and a voice at the table, but we need somebody to come in that not only helps them sit at the table, but be heard at the table. And so I was like, my heart just said, this is what, this is what I want to do. And God, if it's your will, set it up. And that was how long, Joe? That was about eight months ago. And so now we're, now we're figuring it out. Um, but that's what we're doing here today. You know, on the podcast, I have more, but I don't want to keep you guys very long because I do want to talk um, with some of these guys about how it started from their point of view and what the heart of Elam Fellowship is. Um, but we kind of go into, on the podcast, we go into some of the core values of why we exist. 
and how we're serving. And I want to say thank you lead pastors that are here today, especially those who have been, been in the ministry in various places, because you guys know, you know what it's like to have the people under you that they're looking for what you could give them, what you could support them, and, and how you could love on them. I, I was telling the Elam uh, elders, I was sitting next to Eric Peoples. Eric Peoples was my boss 30 years ago in Youth Force. And, you know, I just graduated Elam, and I was teaching this youth group, uh, I think it was the Armor of God. It was a lesson that I prepared on the armor of God, and Eric had just come in. He was just observing quickly, and then he was running out. And he said to me in passing, as he was walking, he was like, you know what, Kevin? That was really good. You should become a teacher. <laughs> so I did. I said, sometimes a word from you guys as a lead pastor, especially for us you know, coming up, is the difference between water and dying of thirst. You know what I'm saying? One thing we found out as youth pastors, you guys will know this, and, and children's pastors, a, a number of years ago, is we found out we were siloed in the church. The kids' ministry did their thing. Youth ministry did their thing. Adults did their thing. And we really didn't get along together. Youth pastors and kids' pastors, we didn't get along. What's that? There you go. That's right. Youth ministry got everything cool. Kids ministry got the old chairs, you know, the kind that the sanctuary didn't want anymore because they were ugly, you know. And the kids don't even fit in them. Their legs are swinging. They're falling apart. We got all the, uh, hey, we got a new projector for you. It kind of doesn't work. It has, doesn't have red. But you guys don't need that. You're kids, right? Just be loud. So... Um, and then we began to realize that what was happening because we were siloed is that the kids trying to move from one to the next, they weren't making that leap. They were getting lost in the process. And even when they did, it was, oh, these, these what are they doing in kids' ministry? These kids don't know anything. They don't have, you know, and then we would, we would try to send them from youth to the main service, and then we'd really lose them. And they would just disappear. And so we realized we have to find a way to work together. We have to have a vision that works together. And so we began to say we need something that goes from birth all the way through to college and beyond. And so we found a way. And even though we're different people, we did. And you know what? It was the lead pastors that came to us and said, we see what you need. Let's find the way. So family pastors became a thing. Um, but then even then, we're saying, without the lead pastor, it falls apart, you know, not just the vision, but the actual jumping in and doing it together. Um, and then, so what we'll see now is that when the, where the lead pastor goes, we get not just the kids growing, but us. We get encouragement and endurance and unity. So thank you, lead pastors, for coming, because that says a million things to, the, to your leaders that are here, that you believe in them. And then for youth and, and kids ministers, one of the things that we want to focus this on, and, and if you listen to the podcast, we go into this, is that a lot of times you will have somebody over the ministry that kind of wants to skip you and go right to the kids. 
right? We kind of want to skip you and encourage the kids or do something awesome for the children and maybe you get some time off, go get a coffee or something. And we began to realize what we're doing is we're missing the heart of the ministry. I, I had a leader once, a, a kid's pastor, that, a kid's leader that I was training up that he just said, you know, I never want to work with anybody but these kids. This is great. I want to do this. And I told him, one day you're going to have another young leader that you're going to train and you're going to watch them lead a kid to Christ or lead a teen to Christ. And you're going to realize that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. As you're investing in other young leaders. So that's what we want to do. We want to look at you guys and say, we don't want to bypass you just to give you tools for your kids and your teens. We want to begin the question of saying, how can we serve you guys? How can we love on you guys? How can we, yes, equip you guys, but we want to see you have endurance, encouragement, and unity. Does that make sense? How do we do that? That's the question. You know. So that's the conversation we are going to start today but continue on well thank you so much for joining us um we'll be doing this we're trying to put out a few interviews every month to talk about just across the gambit some issues that would be interesting to me as a next gen leader and also to you if you're a youth pastor if you're a youth leader kids pastors and leaders family pastors and leaders volunteers uh, those who are new to ministry we want to be able to touch those issues that are going to affect us all as we grow closer to Christ. So join us for the next episode. We're going to continue this meetup time as we interview uh, President Chris Ball of Elam Fellowship. We'll see you guys then. God bless. Hello.